This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Now, Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio. Good afternoon and welcome. It's a very rare event in our judicial system. A panel of the Canadian Judicial Council is deciding whether Judge Robin Camp should be removed from the bench in order to preserve Canadians' confidence in the justice system. Camp, of course, is the judge who notoriously asked a sexual assault victim why she just didn't keep her knees together. Yesterday, the victim told the hearing that the question made her hate herself. During the trial, Justice Camp also made comments disparaging the Rape Shield Law, which protects the rights of complainants not to divulge their sexual history. Astonishingly, the judge's own daughter says she was a rape victim, is a rape victim. She wrote a letter supporting him and saying that he has learned from his mistakes. But what do you think? Should this guy be given another chance or should he be removed from his very, very important job? The numbers to call 416-360-0740 or toll free 1-866-740-4740. On the line with me, Trevor Farrow, professor at Osgood Hall Law School and Joseph Neuberger, criminal lawyer who has defended hundreds of sex assault cases. Gentlemen, thank you so much for joining us, and welcome. Thank you. I'm sure. Okay, let's start with you, Trevor. Uh, What are the issues here? I think there are a couple of issues here. Clearly, this is a case about a judge and uh, reprehensible comments that were made. Uh, Broader than this judge, it's about the entire justice and the public's confidence in the system. So that's a big issue that's at stake in this case, the issue of judicial independence and how to uh, protect the important notion of judicial independence and impartiality while at the same time finding ways to appropriately uh, sanction uh, bad conduct. And I think it ultimately also is about finding ways to recognize that uh, we've got a long way to go um, on issues of gender violence and um, sexual abuse, and we need to give our collective heads a shake uh, uh, about that issue as well. So I think there's lots at stake in this case. Joseph? Uh, I would agree with what uh, uh, has said. Uh, I think, generally speaking, as I practice in the courts uh, over the last 24 years, that the Canadian public can have a lot of confidence in their judicial system. The judges who sit both in the Ontario Court of Justice and the provincial courts across Canada and the Superior Court generally do a very good job and are sensitive to many of the issues uh, in in cases that are litigated before them. Um, I'm not quite in agreement with respect to how the justice system handles uh, cases involving uh, sexual violence. Um, I think there are specialized teams that are prosecuting them. Judges uh, rarely, if ever, make comments as reprehensible and insane as these. 
Um, so I, I don't think that, you know, we should uh, see that there's some sort of moral panic out there about how the justice system deals with related cases. Well, I guess the question is, um, kind of, do you give this guy another chance? He's apparently had sensitivity training. Or do you say if you leave a guy like this in his post, that erodes the confidence? Because, I mean, I I would be very hard pressed to find anyone, I think, who, who thinks that what he said was OK. And and it clearly uh, flies in the face of the rape shield law, which has been around for a very long time. Am I wrong? No, you're right. And And, and what we're talking about is one judge's comments, uh, which are reprehensible completely inappropriate and is not something which is running rampant in the justice system. This is one person who, unfortunately, for whatever reason, harbored these beliefs and and made these comments. I guess the benefit is that it came out so that if he would secretly hold these and the public didn't know, nothing could be done about it. So this will be a very difficult decision for the Judicial Council to, uh, to conclude, because I'm sure Justice Camp has done a lot of good work as a judge, but something like this is extremely serious and could very well result in his removal from the bench because any litigant who comes before him, an accused or a witness, uh, must have confidence that a case would be dealt with without bias. And this is one of those very stark examples where, with this judge, uh, regardless of sensitivity training, this is extremely serious. Um, I think I think Joseph is right that. Uh, that we, we we do need to be clear that we have a very strong justice system in Canada. I think the issue around this case is that while it is about one judge, it's an opportunity for us to self-reflect about the entire system. And I think when I say we need to give our collective heads, I'm not just pointing to the justice I'm pointing to us all. I think it just points to the issues around gender violence are not uh, the, the progress that we've made. While we've made lots of it, uh, we are far from perfect. And I think we need to take these opportunities uh, and to be frank with ourselves and to learn from them. And that's uh, judges learning. It's the legal system learning. And I think it's all of us. So I, that's what I was getting at when I think we need to really take this issue seriously, not just about one case, but about the systemic issues that are underlying it, not just in the justice system, but throughout society. Uh do you think that this judge has to be removed, Trevor? I think it's a tough case for the Judicial Council because, and people may or may not be aware of this, there's really uh, two options for the council to recommend. One is to leave the judge on the bench. The other is to remove him. There is no middle ground under the legislation, which is unusual. Most uh, hearing contexts have various options, including um, various sanctions, suspensions, etc., so it's a tough case. I, what I really hope to see is whether or not the council uh, recommends that he should be removed in this case, that we don't do further damage to people's perceptions of the uh, issues around uh, the justice system's ability to handle um, sexual assault cases. And I think we've seen some high-profile cases lately. There's one in the news in Alberta right now. There's this case. Uh, the justice system needs to do a better job of sorting out how to make it a reflective and safe place uh, for all people, uh, including vulnerable um, uh, people in society. Okay, but uh, I'm, I, I don't understand how uh, removing this guy would not reinforce that the justice system is, is a good place to handle this stuff. 
Well, I think that uh, one option is to remove him, and certainly there are lots of voices calling for his removal. Uh, I think, uh, you know, my view is that it's inappropriate to take a view while this case is right before the hearing at this at this case. Get that. I, but, but having said that, I don't think that uh, we simply just wait and see what happens. I think there's a lot that we can think about that we can learn from this, regardless of whether or not uh, this judge is removed. But I do think that, let's put it this way, uh, it's the kind of case and the kind of comments where sanction would be appropriate, and it's the kind of case and the kind of comments where society will expect to see the council do something uh, in terms of, of thinking uh, about how to, how to deal with this. Uh, I mean, I'm assuming when you say there's no middle ground that, that he can't be sanctioned, suspended, or, or taken off cases of this kind, but uh, um, I mean, I'm, if there was some kind of middle option, uh, wouldn't a lot of people see that as a kind of slap in the wrist? Well, what he's already done something. So to be fair to the to, to the process, he's already apologized. He's already taken sensitivity training. Uh, he's already done some of the things that a panel might have wanted to be able to recommend. And there may be further things that uh, that could be done on the agreement of the various parties involved. The challenge for the council is that uh, left to its own devices, what it can re- recommend, it's only got one of two options. And I think that's why uh, the council itself is aware that it wants to reform this process. It's looking at it now. Others are calling for that. And the federal government is also calling for um, a look at how we, um, how we uh, uh, review and sanction ju- judicial conduct. Uh, Joseph, you and I talked est- extensively uh, during the Gian Gomeshi trial, and yeah. uh, there was a, a big backlash. There were a lot of women who who said that the verdict showed that that uh, sexual assault victims can't get uh, an appropriate hearing or justice. Um, and they said that even though it was clear that the witnesses uh, coached each other and made things up. Uh, so isn't this the other side of it, um, that if on the one hand you're saying that, that the victims uh, or alleged victims have to really toe the line in terms of the law, then, then shouldn't the same thing you know, apply to a judge? Well, I don't disagree with you. Uh, I, you know, I, we've discussed extensively why I thought those verdicts were appropriate and, and necessary. But in this case, uh, like Trevor says, this is a very difficult decision for the Judicial Council because comments like this strike to the heart of the fairness of the process and fairness in how. Uh oh, who have we lost? Hello? You've, Trevor, I think you've lost Joseph. Uh, Okay. Um, uh, we will try to get Joseph uh, back on the line. And uh, so, uh, again, Trevor, what do you make of those two dualities? Trevor? Okay. Uh, we're going to go to the phones and <laughs> see if we have better luck with uh, John in Brampton. Hi, John. Hello? John? Hello. Hello, are you there? Yes, I'm here. Okay. Uh, John in Brampton, uh, what do you say about this case? Uh, I think the judge had an opinion that he probably feels now he should have kept to himself, uh, although I I suspect it was an honest opinion. Um, 
what's the point, or is there a point, where women should have a little more sense when it comes to how they dress and how they act? Is, it, is there no blame, no responsibility on the female side uh, of, of this equation? Is it simply a, a matter of if you're a woman, uh, you know, dress the way you want, act the way you want, and some man is going to be responsible for protecting you and well, first of all, we, we don't know that, I mean, are you, uh, if, if you're suggesting that this woman had had something to do with the way she was dressed, uh, we don't know how she was uh, dressed, and it's not uh, relevant. I mean, you know, well, you... Well, probably guess that this judge doesn't go around pointing out women on the street and calling them sluts. I mean, I, I'm pretty sure of that. So this was an isolated, and, and, and if I had to guess... He's an intelligent, well-educated man. He's been through the system to get where he is. So the comment may have been one that, again, maybe he should have kept to himself, or maybe when the case was over, they should have gone to the back room and had a good laugh. But that's not what happened. And, you know, this is not... We're talking about literally destroying this man's life. And I don't think it's quite balanced that someone who was offended by a comment that may or may not have been appropriate, I don't think it's, it, it presents a balanced situation that his life should be destroyed. And somehow we seem, we seem to have drifted into that, into that mode where anything negative a man says about a woman is is uh, is is it's it's like murder. Okay, John. Thanks for your call. Um, so uh, there you have it. Support uh, for the judge. Um, we have uh, Joseph. Do we have you back on yeah, the I'm line? Back. I'm I'm sorry about that. Mysteriously, okay. I got cut off, so I apologize. Maybe I, I still remember your question. And if I okay, but we it. have you. Uh, uh, maybe you can respond to our caller saying he just said something. Uh, isn't there yeah. a higher standard for a judge? And and what does this have to do with the way a woman may have been dressed? I agree. Let, let me sort of wrap it all into one. Um, when we look at the judicial system, um, whether you're an accused, a witness, or a complainant or a victim, however you want to term it, we must have confidence that the judge or jury we're coming before is unbiased and they will fairly assess the evidence and nobody is found guilty of an offense unless the evidence is proven beyond a reasonable doubt. So, uh, and, and further, any individual, male or female, must be protected against uh, crimes such as sexual assault and whether they are dressed in a provocative manner, act in a provocative manner, or portray themselves in a certain manner has absolutely nothing to do with it. It is not justifiable and uh, it would not be an excuse for a rape. A rape is a rape and uh, it, it, there's, no, there's no burden on somebody to watch how they dress or what they say or how they act. So that's completely wrong. What we have to be careful about, and, and what, what is a good point is that, you know, destroying this man's career after how many years on the bench is a very serious thing. The difficulty, though, is the comments, fortunately they were made, so the biases came out, the comments are so serious, it strikes to the heart of fairness of the system. It is not just fairness to the victims, it's fairness to the system itself. 
So let's say he were to be reprimanded and he took appropriate sensitivity training. Now anybody else who comes before him for a sexual assault case could be convicted no matter what because now he's going to go to the other side to show that he's learned and that any uh, complainant who comes forward is believable and everybody gets convicted. How do we maintain the integrity of the system and trust in it if this is not addressed in a very significant way? That's the difficulty. It is in all our interest that whenever somebody comes before the court, everybody is treated fairly. Yes, uh, uh, it's it's very interesting that the the caller said. Uh, let's go to Trevor now. The caller said, "You know, too bad this came out." But other people are saying, "Thank goodness this came out." Well, this go. There's a couple of issues. Um, uh, one is uh, these are comments and these are opinions that are held not just by this judge. And I don't want to suggest that all judges hold this. They don't. As Joseph said at the beginning, we've got a strong judiciary and people are working hard. On this issues on this issue uh, amongst our judges uh, to get rid of these sorts of old stereotypes and 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 uh, shameful kinds of comments um, but I do think that it's important to recognize that I, I just don't buy that this is the only person in Canada who held, holds these views it's it came out and I think now the issue is we've got to deal with it on this case and we've also got to deal with it as a system yeah I and it, to me to me, you go ahead. Yeah, I mean, to me, it is uh, one of the things that's completely astonishing is that he didn't even have the compunction. I mean, you'd think somebody would at least say, "I'm not going to say that in public," and it's right on the record. It's it's unbelievable. Yeah, it's stunning. The the, the other issue, I think, that uh, to the caller's point, and yes, we 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 think of ourselves as living in a compassionate society. We think of ourselves as a society of second chances. We don't want to rush to judgment, and that's why I think this judge, like everyone, deserves a very fair uh, hearing and a very rigorous process. The you know the, the counter argument is that that um, becoming a judge is is a privilege, and it also comes with huge responsibilities. It's about you, but it's also about the office you carry, and that's the challenge here. Is that even if this judge uh, has uh, reformed, um, and, and apparently he certainly worked hard at it. Uh, Joseph has already talked about how difficult it would be for people coming before him to feel as though they were getting a fair hearing on these issues. And more generally, the question is, what what has, is the damage to the office? And so it's not just about him is the challenge that the council is facing. Okay, um, we're going to have to take a quick break. Uh, I'd like to take one call before the break. Uh, hopefully, it won't be uh, uh, it, it'll be fairly concise. Cheryl in Toronto. Hi, Cheryl. Okay, so when John called in, that's what made me have to call, because whatever happened to just say no, you say no, it means no. And if somebody's passed out or drunk, they can't say no, it's still not right to rape them. And for him to say, keep your legs, you couldn't, you kept your legs closed, that's not ever been what the law has been in, in Ontario, in Canada. It's, it, I mean, just say no has been such a force. And the other thing is, I, I'm not sure on this, I was just wondering, was the accused rapist not uh, acquitted? He was acquitted, but I believe this is something we'll get into after the break. I believe oh, okay. that a new trial has been ordered. So oh, okay. these so comments... That goes along with it. He made the comments and let the guy go. So uh, it, it, it's crazy. 
of course you should be punished. Just like punishing, it's like reporting a doctor. Anybody who does things like this that, that shouldn't be done, they have to be reported. Okay. Um, yeah, so- that's- that's my feeling, and, it, and it's just say no, it's not easy. Okay, Cheryl, thank you very much for your call. Appreciate it. Thank you. Okay. Uh, we have to take a quick break. Uh, we will be back with more on this. We have uh, callers waiting on the line. Uh, and uh, right now we're going to break. We'll be right back. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Zneimer on Zoomer Radio. Welcome back. And uh, we are in a very uh, heated conversation about the case of Judge Robin Camp. There is a hearing to determine whether he should be removed from the bench. And that is because of his comments on the record to a sexual assault victim saying, why couldn't you just keep your knees together. We've got some callers waiting, so uh, let's start with those callers. Uh, Kathy in Etobicoke. Hi, Kathy. Hi there. How are you? Fine. How are you? Good. Uh, my comment basically is um, when you walk into courts, you expect to be, be judged by an impartial party. Um, he had no business, and he should have recused himself when he already knew his, his opinion if he can't keep it quiet, then he should have made sure he was not in the courtroom, period. And for the other caller, I, I, before I finish that, um, yes, he's made a mistake, and he should be given a second chance, but he should be removed until he's had the, it's been, he can uh, judge himself accordingly and be tested by a peer, a body of peers that, that will find him whether or not he's impartial or not. And the other idiot that called us said, uh, just keep your legs closed or use common sense. Obviously, he has never been a victim of violence, and he needs to rethink his posture as well. Okay, strong words. We like to be polite to our callers, but thank uh, Kathy, thanks very much for your call. Thank you. Okay, um, let's go back uh, to uh, our panel today. And Trevor Farrow, uh, one of the callers brought up the point that the accused in this case was acquitted, and now uh, a new trial has been ordered. What's uh, the legality of that? Isn't there some kind of uh, double jeopardy involved here? Well, uh, not uh, it, without getting into all of the niceties of that, of that issue, the bottom line is uh, when uh, the, 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 the appeal panel, the Alberta Court of Appeal, took a look at the trial and uh, was of the view that the appropriate law was not applied. And so this, is, this issue has come up uh, in the appropriate appeal appellate route. And uh, so it's, it's perfectly appropriate what's happened. The, uh, the uh, initial accused will get another uh, trial and it will be a fair trial based on uh, the law that, that should be applied um, with an impartial uh, and an independent uh, judge Again, so it's not this having a new trial ordered is not an unusual thing when there's been some uh, either actual or apparent miscarriage of justice in the first trial. Uh, Joseph, uh, you're a defense lawyer. Uh, What is your thought on that? Well, uh, I agree. I mean, this is appropriate. Uh, We have uh, a process of appeals, and uh, if this was an inappropriate verdict, it is overturned and a new trial is ordered. The one challenge I think that presents to this particular accused is that this uh, case, because of the judge's comments, has garnered so much attention 
and as you can see, uh, has offended so many people. Um, having a fair trial before e- either a jury of his peers or before a judge is something you can we can be worried about. As a defense lawyer, I would worry. Now, uh, you know, we have faith in our judges, and so this most likely will wind up being a judge-alone trial, meaning not before a jury, because this is uh, prosecuted by indictment. Um, but, um, you know, I would have some concerns because of just how notorious this case has become in the media. Okay, uh, thanks. Let's take a, a few calls. Hang on, guys. Uh, we've got Kathy in Niagara Falls. Hi, Kathy. Hi. Uh, what are your thoughts on this? Um, I'm just wondering what's wrong with these judges, because it seems to me in the States they just let a guy go after three months, after he raped a girl that was unconscious. Notorious case. Unbelievable case. I I just can't understand why the judges over here are being so lenient with people that are raping women when in the Middle East they're trying to tell people that women have rights. They're they're just doing the opposite over here. Uh, uh, um, I mean, these are two cases, so I guess we shouldn't tar the whole system, but they, they do underscore uh, the fact that these attitudes, as, uh, as Trevor pointed out, uh, really exist. Do you, uh, either of you, Trevor or Joseph, have a comment on this case in the United States? And that's where a, a, fo- a football, was he a, he's a, a college sports uh, uh, hero, and uh, he raped a woman, uh, a girl who was unconscious, and, and he got three months. I think the issue that I want to uh, pick up on, I won't, I won't take a position on that case in the U.S. I do think it's important to uh, the caller's point. Uh, it's, you know, we want the public, we want this caller to have into the justice system, and that's why it's important that this case is being dealt with, and in fact is being dealt with in a public way. I do think it's important to recognize, and I think Joseph made the point off the bat, uh, there are trials going on across the country right now in every courtroom uh, in the province, in all the provinces. There are a lot of judges, and there's a lot of good justice being done. And so I do not think it's the case that there is a crisis of confidence in the justice system. I do, however, think it is the case that in the area of assault and dealing with um, assault victims and people coming system, that the current adversarial system... Uh, with all trappings, is a tough place, is not a welcoming place, and has not done a great job of, of being open and able to appropriately deal with all kinds of cases uh, in our modern society. And that's why um, we continue to try and improve the justice system. Um, we're working with future lawyers and law students on the issue, and I think judges are starting to take, continuing to take a long, hard look at their role in this as well. Okay. Uh, let's go to Jim here in Toronto. Hi, Jim. Hello. How are you? Fine. How are you? Oh, just great. Thanks. Um, I used to be a lawyer. And too many decades ago, when I was articling, I was in a court because I needed to speak to the judge after his court day. And he was at the stage of um, a rape trial. And it was... Um, uh, they were they were doing the um, uh, defense uh, closing statements, defense arguments, and um, uh, the defense counsel made some comment about shame on the part of the victim, 
And the judge said, now, just stop right there. You know, I'm sorry to interrupt, but you should be aware that if your client is found guilty, all of the shame belongs to him. There shouldn't be any shame for being a victim of crime um, on the part of the victim here. Now, first of all, there are those judges even 47 years, 46 years ago, um, uh, those judges even then who were um, very much on top of reality, if I can put it that way, and, and very sensitive to the um, victim's position. And um, uh, this man, this judge, uh, is simply 47 years behind the times. That's a that's a good point. Thanks so much for your call, Jim. Okay, Libby, thanks very much. I, Libby, I wonder if I could interject for a second. Sure, and uh, we're going to have to uh, start wrapping things up, but please sure. go ahead. I just, I just want to address language, because language sort of drives perception. We refer to victims. Now, in a trial, they're not a victim until a judge finds the person guilty, and then they say that the offense has been committed. And we need to be very careful that when we're dealing with the justice system, the penalties that attach to sexual assault is not what we saw in the United States. They're very severe penalties, including years of jail in many cases. So we have to ensure that the system remains fair, that an accused person gets a fair trial and nobody's convicted unless evidence is established beyond a reasonable doubt. And although our adversarial system is a tough place to do business in, it really is something that's been crafted over hundreds if not thousands of years, and we have fair trials that go on on a regular and consistent basis across the country. Okay. Um, and Joseph, uh, what are your thoughts? Sorry, that was me, Joseph. Maybe oh, Trevor. I'm sorry, Trevor. <laughs> yeah, no, I know. I, I, I like mean, to keep talking, so. <laughs> well, to leave space for others, I think uh, on that point, I just I agree with, I think, I think uh, the points have been made. I think the caller's point posed uh, a couple of the earlier point about the statement of, of, of women in the system. And, you know, frankly, this issue uh, sort of telescoped out a little bit to the, the treatment of all sorts of people who feel vulnerable in the courtroom, uh, Indigenous people, uh, sexual minorities. And by uh, the way, this, uh, this victim uh, who is not identified, she describes herself as a Cree woman. So right. there is that. Yep. Yeah, and so there's. I think the idea that we that that, that the notion of judicial independence, the notion of judicial impartiality, uh, I think, as I said towards the beginning of the call, it's there not just to protect uh, the judges; it's really there to protect all of us, um, and in particular, it's there to protect folks who are um, marginalized and more vulnerable groups to ensure that everyone gets a fair shot at things, and also to ensure that the context in which those people are living in the context that they're bringing to a case is fully understood. Uh, and that includes um, notions of, of how to deal appropriately with victims of sexual violence. Okay, uh, I'm going to have to wrap things up there because we are out of time. Callers who are waiting, uh, this is why we have Free for All Fridays. So please feel free to call back on Friday because uh, I'm very interested to know what you think about this case, this important case. And uh, thanks to Joseph Neuberger, criminal lawyer, and Trevor Farrow, professor at Osgood Hall Law School. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. 
Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.